Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. This is the first portion of a longer section having to do with Jesus at the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. This was an annual Jewish celebration in September or October. It was one part a Thanksgiving festival for the harvest and another part a remembrance of God's faithfulness to the Israelites way back in the Old Testament when they were in the wilderness. Before we dive into this text, I want to thank the family leader who is our 2023 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. They've been with us for more than a year now. We're thankful for their support. You can learn more about them in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And thanks again to the family leader. Chapter 7, verse 1. After this, that is, after Jesus' teaching on his being the bread of life, his coming down from heaven, his saying that you need to eat his flesh and drink his blood in order to abide in him and to have life, which was misunderstood and turned into many of his quote-unquote fickle disciples leaving him, which was followed up by Peter's great confession of Jesus Christ, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what all of this is following. So after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. So I can't show you a map on an audio podcast, but if you looked at it, Judea is a different jurisdiction than Galilee. Judea is down in the south and it includes the city of Jerusalem. Galilee is up in the north And because of different dynamics going on with Jesus' ministry and how different people viewed him, the more serious Jewish opposition toward Jesus was centered down around Jerusalem and in Judea. So Jesus isn't down there where they're trying to kill him. He's up in Galilee, which to make it more confusing is actually down in an elevation sense, even though it's to the north, up by the Sea of Galilee. Verse 2, now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed him. So when this text says that his brothers thought that he should go down to Judea, it's talking about literal brothers, very likely biological sons who Mary had after she gave birth to Jesus. And it tells us that not even his brothers believed in him, which is remarkable. That means that there was something about his humanity, despite the fact that he was God in human form, that kept his his deity effectively hidden from those who were closest to him. These brothers, of course, would have known him for decades before he came out publicly and started to do ministry and claim to be the Messiah. But even though they'd spent decades with or around the Son of God, this eternal God-man, they had no idea who he really was. But they do acknowledge the works that he's been doing, the miracles that he's been doing. And they're kind of looking at this thing from a worldly standpoint, saying, hey, if you want to make yourself known, if you want to have a bigger platform. You need to go down to Judea. You need to go to Jerusalem and you need to do these works in front of disciples down there. That way your fame will grow. Your name will spread. This is the kind of advice you would give to a political candidate or somebody who you thought was supposed to rise up to be an earthly king. But Jesus said to them in verse 6, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has 
not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. So there are at least a couple things here that we need to deal with. First of all, when we do the next section in our next devotion, you're going to find out that he actually does go to Judea. He does go up to the Feast of Booths. And so how do you square that with him just a couple verses earlier saying, I'm not going up to this feast? Well, this is not a mistake by John, and this is not a lie by Jesus. What he's saying is that I'm not going to go up to this feast on your timeline, and I'm not going to go up to this feast in pursuit of your purposes for why you think I should go to this feast. When he says my time has not yet come, but your time is always here, he's referring to the fact that he's on a different schedule. He's on a different timeline than his brothers. His brothers are Jewish dudes who are just on this regular annual cycle and they need to go to the Feast of Booths, so go to the Feast of Booths. Jesus is not on an annual religious cycle. Jesus is performing a cosmic intervention. He's coming from heaven to earth to save people by living a perfect life, dying a sinless death, rising from death, to defeat sin, death, and the power of the devil, and allowing people who put their faith and trust in him a path to be forgiven of their sin and reconciled to their creator, guaranteed a place in heaven. And his time for that has not yet come. Jesus still has ministry to perform before he goes and makes his platform even more public, which is going to eventually cause the Jews to succeed at what they're trying to do, namely kill him. But it's not time yet. And so no, brothers, I'm not going on the terms that you suggest. I know your intentions are probably good, but that's not my my father's plan. And one last thing I want to address in this text. In case Jesus hasn't been clear in other passages that we've covered throughout the Gospels, the world and its works are evil. In fact, every single person born into this world is by nature evil, opposed to God, not righteous in any way, shape, or form. And because the world is that way, it hates Jesus, the one who is the light that came into the darkness, as John said way back in chapter 1. And therefore, we who have put our faith in trust in Christ should also expect that the world will, by virtue of our association with Jesus, hate us as well. Jesus says that over and over in the Gospels. We should just expect that if we're connected to Christ, the world will hate us. At the same time, Jesus points out that the world doesn't hate his brothers, and the reason the world doesn't hate his brothers is because his brothers don't yet believe in him. They're not associated with Jesus Christ in a way that would cause the world to hate them. So we live in a culture where all these things are said to be very complex, and there's a lot of gray area, and there's just not. If we just approach our daily lives with that as one of the basic understandings with which we operate, we can save ourselves a lot of stress and a lot of agony when we experience the hatred that the world has for us. If we're trying to live lives as Christians where we're faithful to Jesus Christ, but we're also trying not to be hated by the world, A, that's not going to work, and B, our attempt to make it work is just going to make us ineffective and stressed out, feeling bad for ourselves because the world hates us. Don't try to hold those two things together. You can't. Either you're hated by the world and you love Jesus Christ, or you don't love Jesus Christ and you're not hated by the world. Pick one or the other. And obviously, one is a far better option than the other, because this world has nothing for me ultimately. This world is very, very temporary and short-lived. The world that I get when I'm associated with Jesus lasts forever. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, perfectly 
prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.